and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I, of course, am Mr. Warren Hayes, recording live right here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes on April 15, 2021, a very normal day. Nothing really out of the ordinary happened. We've got so little topics, so minuscule, uh, insignificant topics to talk about tonight on the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. My God, what a day! Started off with people talking about punches and ends up with uh, people being released. Wow, we've got, we're going to run the gamut here tonight, folks, on top of... Hey, I still I still want to talk about WrestleMania. Still got stuff to chat about. I mean, we're not there's so much stuff happening today. You've come to the right place. If you want to hit, if you want to you can't you've come to the right place if you wanted to hear Warren Hayes talk about it. I mean, you you could you'd be hard-pressed to find a, a better environment where I I would be available to to discuss this to discuss these topics we got a lot of stuff there's a lot of stuff to talk about and i'm excited it's a good day it's a good evening and good evening to you joining us live here on youtube.com slash mr warren has i record every thursday night 9 p.m eastern if you're watching this on your own accord over on youtube or you know on your favorite podcast application and thank you very much by the way if you're listening to the audio of this i don't thank you uh, the the audio viewers enough but i really I, I really do appreciate it a great deal thank you everyone for for listening and if you're listening and you're like, this is cool, and you can make it on a Thursday night, uh, head on over, come on in. Uh, I mean, that's fantastic, right? Uh, if you have the possibility to come and join the, the exciting, wonderful live chat that we have going here every Thursday night with some wonderful people. We've got a packed room tonight of people joining us here. Tim Traver, of course, is here. Good to see you, Tim. Robert Larry is here as well. Good to see you, Robert. Kelly Torres as well. Nice to see you. We've got Mr. Fretz, who is in the chat as well. Nice to see you, Fretz. We've got Justin Firestein here as well. Hello. Flowman is here as well. Trans Day, Sean. How you doing, Sean? Robert, uh, no, I already said hello to Robert Larry, but I'll say it again. Hello, Robert Larry. Fifth Generation Carney, Joseph with it. Good to see you too. DGMC, Anakin JMT is here too. We've got the Streak Saver. He's here to save the streak, I don't know, just by being here, uh, but he's here, and that's what matters. Injection 2K, good to see you too. Uh, Alonzo Smith, how are you, sir? It's good to good to have you around here as well. Uh, let's see, who else we got? Who else we got? Oh, that's a Dave. Dave, good guy Dave, Dave Pozewski. It's good to see you. Friend. Lots of people joining us here live on, on, on the big show. Uh, cause my God, there's a lot of stuff. There's stuff that we're going to be talking about and I keep talking about it, but Hey, thank you everyone for joining me live. If you like what you're seeing right now, Hey, consider giving the video a thumbs up. And if you're listening to this later on, on your, on your own accord, favorite podcast application, all that good stuff. Uh, well, Hey, head on over to, uh, consider giving a, a thumbs up there too, or uh, a like on your, um, uh, a like or a subscription or a review on your favorite podcast app as well that kind of stuff helps out a great great deal excited uh that, that you guys uh that you guys will hang out and want to give a little ha hand here oh look ben is here as well joe pula jr as well oh and look at this look at this 
Nick Wolf just joined us with a very kind, very generous super chat. Thank you very much, Nick. I appreciate it. And usually Nick, he'll drop some new Japan super chats, but he's in another mood tonight. I appreciate it, Nick. Um, he uh, And you can do this too throughout the evening. Of course, if you want to show some support for the Mr. Warren Hay Show, you can do that. You can drop a super chat and I will read your question or comment live and on the air, such as this one. Here's this. Uh, Nick Wolf, and he says in Vince voice, so I'm going to try and do the, the Vince voice. I'll try and... <clears throat> so, where is that Rhea Ripley from? Australia? That's too many of them kangaroo hoppers. I got to fire some. Where's those iconic girls? You're fired. Yeah, what a shame. Can you imagine getting rid of the iconics? Thinking that's a good idea. Oh, look, all right, I'm all right. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm already getting ahead of myself here. My God. <laughs> oh, th thank you. Thank you very much, Chad. I do take a lot of pride in my Vince impression. I really do. <laughs> thank you all very much. Um, something else that I take a lot of pride in, uh, I, something else I take a lot of pride in is uh, belltobells.com, your women's wrestling wire. If you want to get all sorts of thoughts and opinions and news on the goings on in the wacky, wacky world of women's professional wrestling, because it's it's wacky, it's just as wacky as the guys. Uh, head on over that over there, belltobells.com, um, and uh, and yeah, check it out. We've got some great stuff going on there, so that's it's always a cool spot. So be sure to head on out there. Uh, and if you haven't heard by now, by the way, uh, Wisconsin-based Zello Pro is going to be a great, fantastic indie promotion, Midwest indie promotion. They are uh, coming back to live shows. On May 1st with their show WrestleFest. And I had the uh, the uh, in, uh, honor. I'm, I was trying to look for another word. But why why just stick to the ones that work. I had the honor of welcoming uh, owner and promoter of Zillow Pro. Matt Bacalling to uh, the Mr. Warren Hay Show earlier this week. We recorded a live reveal of the Zillow Pro card for uh, for uh, the uh, for WrestleFest on March 1st. I got it all. I got the whole nine yards. Look, we're getting Lainey Luck defending her Zello Pro Women's Championship against Jordan Grace. And on top of that, this was announced just uh, exclusively by Bell to Bells. Uh, there's going to be on top of that a number one contendership match at WrestleFest for the Zello Pro Women's Championship. So, And there, you're going to have Blair Onyx, Missa Kate, and Hayan who are going to be involved in that match. That's fantastic. We're... The other matches, you get the Bang Bros versus Country Air, Joey Jet Avalon versus Big John Crowley as well. Uh, Brooke Valentine's going to be taking on Charlie Cruel, Storm Grayson, fantastic wrestler, great, uh, fantastic guy. Uh, taking on Jacob Deed, Sierra versus Heather Reckless, Colt Cabana is going to be on that show. And as if all of that wasn't enough, you're getting, you, we're going to be getting a uh, a ladder match to crown the very first Zello Pro champion and uh for the time being and and matt matt mccalling was was very cagey about it. he says look we've got six people uh, booked so far maybe more maybe less we'll see what happens i'm like holy shit okay but, but as it stands right now bryce benjamin cj Speranza, brew baker uh mason conrad gpa and robert anthony without frank the clown and that's a big big get uh <laughs> Uh, so that's going to be the main event, and he's expecting more surprises. It, look, 
And on top of everything, during that during that uh, reveal, he also uh, premiered, debuted the Zello Pro Championship title. It is a beautiful belt. He showed it off for us. It was great stuff. Go check it out. Maybe not now. Maybe not during the live stream, but later on. Uh, right here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. That should be a lot of fun. Oh, speaking of a lot of fun... You know, we have our we have our comment streaks going, right? We're, right now we're in the midst of a comment streak. We're looking for uh we're looking for 20 comments on the next 20 videos. And that that's a really easy way for you guys to 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 uh, to get involved and support the Mr. Warren Hayes show. That kind of stuff really helps grow the channel tremendously. So we hit our first goal. We're in the we're in the midst of our second streak, but we hit our first streak and the goal for that one was for me to do a live watch of the Goldberg at 54 documentary that's on the uh, WWE Network, now available on Peacock. Um, and I will be doing that this Saturday, 1 p.m. Uh, so if you want to come around, uh, sit down with me and watch me enjoy some times with my good old, my, my favorite professional wrestler, William Goldberg, well... This Saturday, 1 p.m. is when it's going to happen. That's our very first streak goal. So we're going for a second streak goal right now. Um, if you are not watching this live and you want to drop a comment, jump in. Join in the discussion. There's a lot of discussion going on. We need 20 comments to keep this streak going. And then we'll have we'll have another goal. Absolutely another goal. Um, of course, tonight, there's always going to be the post stream over at patreon.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And if you want to join us there, I take a, I, I, I take a lot of... Uh, I talk a lot with the chat and with the uh, patrons who call in via Discord. We're going to have a good time tonight talking about the the releases. Not necessarily, not that the releases are a good thing, but we're going to have a good time speculating. That's always a bit of a silver lining. It's like, what do we see? What do we expect from uh, the WWE releases? Where do we think we're going? They're going, so on and so forth. We're going to be talking about that all together tonight on the post show, patreon.com. Slash Mr. Warren Hayes and uh, and yeah and you can also join the Mr. Warren Hayes show uh, channel as well. You can become a member uh, just by going to the channel page, clicking on the join button, and you get. If you come to the live show, it's still the best thing, uh, probably the best way for you to show some support. And then on top of that, you get your exclusive emotes that you can use and fool around with uh, as the show progresses. Because you are a member and you deserve exclusive emotes don't you yes you do Woo! well let's let's just jump right in let's get to it weekly wrestling inspection starts now i want to say hello to uh to patrick mason who is uh, joining us here this evening as well. Good to see you, Patrick. Welcome uh, to the show, friend. Um, before we get into the wrestle, because I, I want to backtrack a little bit to get into the, the, the WrestleMania stuff uh, that I haven't had a, t a chance really to talk about just yet. Um, but um, WrestleMania is one thing, right? But we all now we're, we talk about WrestleMania week because there's a lot of... Tons of independent shows that that are happening uh, around WrestleMania, like that. That's something that's really fun. It becomes a really, it truly becomes like a a celebration, uh, a, a huge convention of all rest types of wrestling from all grand walks of life. I don't know. 
Uh, but 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 it's really cool. So, so you can always find stuff that is really up your alley. Discover some new up and coming talent, or just rekindle uh, rekindle your love with some um, major uh, independent promotions as well. Um, I watched a few shows. I'm still catching up on a, a few shows on uh, independentwrestling.tv. So I you know there's there's still things that I want to see that I haven't seen yet. But like if you're like Warren, is there anything that you could recommend that I should go watch, that I should enjoy. Well, here's a couple here. You should definitely watch the For the Culture 2021 show. I loved the uh, For the Culture show uh, from last year, the 2020. I think it was the best. uh, I I really think it was the best indie show uh, from American, uh, from American soil, on American soil, North American soil. I'll say it. Uh, (laughs) Last year, it was, it was fantastic. This year, again, there was some great stuff. You had a great four-way match. Uh, between uh, Calvin Tankman, Andy Brown, frontman, uh, frontman Ja, and uh, Myron Reed, which uh, which I thought was a really entertaining four-way. Um, uh, 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 Darius Lockhart also locked up with Brian Keith, and Brian Keith has been having quite the career uh, emergence. He's been um, he's been coming on really 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 strong and and more and more on uh, more and more in demand there's a reason for that it was a really really strong match AJ Gray defeated JTG as well Lee Moriarty took on Leo Rush in a really fun match that was a little marred by some weird referee stuffs at some point but I think was still really good and you can feel that there's uh, yeah I, as good as I thought the match was I I feel like we've scratched the surface when it comes to Rush versus Moriarty. I mean, there's nothing that can be said about Leo Rush that hasn't already been said, but I think Lee Moriarty right now is one of the, uh, absolutely one of the top five wrestlers in North America right now. So these two together is magic. It was great, th- great stuff. But the match here that you really want to see is Rich Swan and Two Cold Scorpio. Oh, yeah. Two Cold Scorpio, man, he is, he is up in his fifties and he's wrestling like it's still in, like he, it's still 1996 ridiculous it it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me that that guy can pull off what he does even to this day and why isn't he considered why isn't he talked about more you know we talk about chris jericho in his 50s and minoru suzuki in his 50s and well chris jericho's not in his 50s yet but he's up there but you know like uh, dustin rhodes and and yet too cold scorpio is going out there having matches with the younger guys i swear just like he was Back in ECW, fighting Sabu. Ridiculous. So fantastic stuff. Um, great stuff. If we're being if we're being completely transparent with each other. Alley Cat's Real Hot Girl Shit was another fun card where we had Alley Cat against uh, Billy Starks. Uh, Billy Starks is this, if you're not aware, a 16-year-old prodigy. She's just completely invested in wrestling and uh, and I discovered over the week that uh, Billy Starks isn't everyone's cup of tea because of her age, because of her inexperience, and they feel like they're she's being pushed to. Her. I really enjoy. Her. I enjoy her work. Of course, the fact that she's a you know she's a minor in professional wrestling these days it's kind of weird. But then at the same time, you you kind of hope that people are a little more aware. But I don't want to get into that right now. But the fact is right right now that Billy, I, I enjoy Billy Starks's work. I think she's she's pretty good. Um, Allison K versus Jordan Grace was on this card as well. Yes, I had Tasha Steeles versus Trisha Dora, which was awesome, of course. And to top it all off, you had Faye Jackson's Gray Sweatpants Battle Royal, 
which uh, she tried to put on last year, but had been canceled because of COVID. Now she brought it this year. And what an event it was, because Faye Jackson announced that she was stepping away from wrestling, that she was retiring, and uh, it was a bit of an emotional event. This was something that she wanted to put on, have a little fun with it. Uh, and, um, and you know, the fact that this was kind of her last appearance, she didn't wrestle because she was injured. Her plan wasn't to wrestle either, but... Uh, uh, there was something a little bittersweet about uh, about the event um, being held. I'm glad she was finally able to put it on. Um, and uh, man, I can only wish Faye Jackson the best. She is going to be missed. She was uh, one of the most, uh, one of the kindest, most genuine people uh, in uh, in in pro wrestling uh, in, in on the indie circuit. Very very important. Very much loved as well. And the other show that I watched that I really enjoyed was Tony Deppin's Beer House as well. Uh, got a great match out of Austin Aries and Braden Lee that kicked off the show, which was absolutely fantastic. At Daniel Garcia versus Charles Mason. Man, Daniel Garcia, have, he's, going to, he, he's going to have a breakout year. I, I th- I'm convinced by the end of the year, this is going to be the guy who is going to have the most hype uh, out of anyone. He's just absolutely fantastic. Uh, great three-way tag team match. Rohit Raju and Ty Hill versus the Exer guys, which is a bit of a comedy act, but fantastic. And Iron Beast were such a great, great tag team. Uh, and uh, let's see, Heather Monroe versus Billy Starks also happened on that card. And uh, yeah, JD Drake also took on Jordan Oliver in the main event. It was okay. It was fine. Uh, uh, Jordan Oliver got a got a bit of a got a bit of a. Um, uh, got a bit of a bump scare here uh, during uh, during this match. It was okay. It was okay. But you know, the fact was is that you know JD Drake was uh, was on that uh, was on that match. It was good. And no, it wasn't. I, not Austin Aries, Ace Austin and Braden Lee. Not Austin Aries. He can go jump off a cliff. No, not a cliff. But you know, um, monkey bars at the at the playground. You can just woo. <laughs> Got a couple of super chats as I've been yapping here. Um, uh, let's see, Anakin JMT left a super chat. Thank you very much, Anakin. Says Jericho turned fifty in November. Okay, I wasn't sure if he was forty nine or fifty. Thank you, Anakin, for that the precision, and thank you very much for the super chat. DGMC left a super chat as well. This is Warren. I've lost my wallet. Help me find it, TK. Because, yes, unless you don't know, DGMC is uh, AEW owner uh, Tony Khan. Um, yeah, I, yes, you are going to need it. You are going to need it these days. Aren't you, Tony? <laughs> I bet you're looking for it. Um, and um, Evan Wright left us a super chat as well. Thank you very much. Says, budget cuts, Warren. Yeah, yes. Mm, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. But first, before we talk about the budget cuts, we're going to talk about the WWE shows before we get we get down there. And wanna, I want to start talking about WrestleMania. I'm going to start with night one. I feel like I feel like I have to because it was presented over two. OK, here's the thing. All right. I'm trying I'm trying to say too many things at once. I think overall WrestleMania was a warm soda event. I think overall. But. If you want to break it down, and we shall, and we should, um, I think that night one was a 
far superior show than night two. Let's get into it a little bit. Bobby Lashley successfully defended the WWE Championship on the opening match uh, at uh, at WrestleMania night one against Drew McIntyre. And I'm not gonna lie, I was pleasantly surprised. This this was the mat. This was the result that I hoped hoped for, but that I figured that WWE would just put the belt back on Drew McIntyre, and I was kind of mad because I am. Why would you? Why would you make a transitional champion out of Bobby Lashley? And yet they didn't. Uh, I really think. I really think that um, uh, here. You know what? Now that I'm talking about night one, we'll just go like this. There we go. Um, it was a good match. I thought. I thought they. I thought it was a good, strong match. It was a fantastic opener. Both guys gave it everything. Uh, Ooh, sure, there was yeah. the weird distraction. You know, I, I know a lot of people got really excited uh, and excited in the wrong sense. You know, they got They were disappointed in. Um, you know, oh, Drew McIntyre got distracted by. Um, uh, by MVP, you know, why did he let himself get distracted? To me, it's no surprise. It's not a big, it's not a big surprise to me. WWE's top baby faces, right? They're, uh, they're, they're treated like morons. You know, it, 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 stupid baby face syndrome is a thing. And, you know, for him to be distracted by a sound that completely costs him the match, sure. And, you know, it doesn't make him look stupid. It just... That's just how WWE baby faces are. So uh, it's not much of a it's not much of a surprise for me. So um, so I'm really cool with how this played out. Um, they're clearly we're we're getting Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre again though uh, at uh, WrestleMania Backlash, folks. Not it's not just your humdrum backlash. It is. WrestleMania backlash. So that's coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, right? The start of May, something like that. So that's something that, that that's coming that, that's coming down the pipeline. Evan Wright left us a super chat again. Thank you very much, Evan. He says, I'm McIntyred at this point. New challenger, please. Um, yes, I mean... Here's this is the situation that WWE often finds itself in. It's like, well, we'd like to be able to move on to uh, we'd like to be able to move on to another serious contender, but we haven't been building anyone serious in the meantime. You know, like they they did it for Lashley. Lashley's push to the main event started uh, in 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 the in summer 2020. Which eventually led him to 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 winning at uh, to winning the title and then getting his his win at WrestleMania against uh, Drew McIntyre. So they haven't been really building anyone in the meantime. So we'll see what's going to happen with that. But uh, you know, then again, let's give it one more match and uh, call it quits. I mean, I really hope Bobby Lashley just holds on to the to the title for a while because Drew Drew could subsist without it for a little bit. If you ask me, might be a good thing. Natalia and Tamina won uh, the tag team turmoil match. Uh, this was not good. It just was not good, and it breaks my heart. But it was not good, and it was not the it wasn't the right team that won either. 
you have one women's tag team that is established uh that is established on the um uh on the women's roster you have one and it's the riot squad it's the only team that is a legitimate tag team and you still you can't put them in a position where they're going to challenge for the tag team titles it's it's absurd it's just absurd i've heard rumors that that the the ending was changed because uh, Natalia was sad about that meme, that ranking meme. You remember that where she did her her notes post, her Apple notes. I don't know if that's true though. Uh, Cesaro defeated Seth Rollins as well. Finally, Cesaro getting this was Cesaro's first singles match. At WrestleMania, and he finally not only was he there, he picked up a win and a big win in a very good match. This match entertained me. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I'm glad that you know, you know, of course, you know, the gimmick was the will he hit the big swing, and he did. But instead of the big swing, really, that captivated us it was the UFO, which, you know, for being honest with each other, is a little more impressive. <laughs> It was a little more impressive than than a big swing. And he got the pin clean on Seth. I've got no qualms with this. I'm in the Cesaro section. I always have been. It's been good stuff. Uh, AJ Styles and Omas are the new WWE Raw Tag Team Champions. They defeated Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. Uh, I, I mean, this wasn't a big surprise right the match was fine um the, the the match was the match was okay nothing wrong with it it's just, you know this was omas's big moment his big i'm coming out kind of you know it's like look at how big i am and look at what i can do i can destroy these two guys almost all by myself and it you know it was all right you know, i don't think i don't you know omas didn't show omas wrestled like a WWE big guy, big man does. It's just that simple. And good thing, bad thing, that's that's kind of up to you at this point. You, the viewer, the listener, uh, to, to decide whether that uh, that analysis that I just punched through here is, uh, is what you feel. Um, but I'll tell you one thing. It's not the, uh, it's not the impressive debut that a lot of people made it out to be wink wink nudge nudge was it was fine you know but uh but nothing that uh, that i'd be like oh yeah uh greatest uh, one of the greatest wrestlemania debuts of all time no 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 let's 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 take a breather here braun Strowman defeated uh shane mcmahon in the steel cage match um and i'm gonna keep the the warm soda here for this one because uh, I didn't think it was bad, but I didn't, I, there were a lot of people and lots and lots and lots of rave reviews for this one here. It's like, man, it was so good, you know, great, well-paced and so on and so forth. And for the most part, I agree with everything everyone had to say about this. But I have two Ooh, problems yeah. with it that, and that really, really did cre- create an impediment of in regards to my enjoyment of this uh, of the of the steel cage match 
And the first being that it was a steel cage match. And it's been quite a while. Let me start over. If WWE hadn't driven this into the ground with ladder matches here and there, and excuse me, I have ladder match on the brain, but that's not uh, a... Um, if they didn't drive this into the ground with uh, cage matches here and there and everywhere in feuds that didn't necessarily deserve them, like they spread the, la the, the cage match thing too thin for me to be first and foremost excited for a cage match, especially since they've upped the ante on the cage match. Now that we have Hell in a Cell, Elimination Chamber, War Games, you know, it's like, Oh, this is just your run-of-the-mill cage match. Well, okay, that's one thing. But the second thing that I absolutely, that absolutely prevented me from being all in on this is just how poor this feud has been, was, and I like to think, <laughs> I like to think that I am able to take things for what they're worth and like think about the feud how did it how did we lead up to this point and maybe the match will be great despite the feud and so on and so forth but here the absolute trash fire that was this Shane McMahon Braun Strowman feud cast a cloud over the match itself for me I couldn't get into it I didn't care I was like okay Shane Shane flew off of a thing because ultimately that's what everyone was expecting that's what we got and uh and braun tore i mean the visual of braun tearing the the cage mesh off was fantastic but i'm like this is the braun of two years ago three years ago now i think at this point when he was super hot really you know doing these incredible feats of strength at this point i'm like Everything was a dud for me. Pulling out Shane for this feud. Braun has been a dud for uh, for a long time at this point. It just did nothing for me. So it happened. A lot of people were, you know, were, were high on it. And I can understand why. It just really, really didn't do anything for me. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest defeated Miz and Morrison. I got to tell you, this this was good. This was good. Um, yeah, Bad Bunny will go down in uh, wrestling history as one of these crossover mainstream stars that actually did something good in the ring that was memorable. And, you know, outside of all the, the, the pearl clutching, and Jesus, here's the thing, right? Even on the pre-show, before this match, you had you, you, you had the, the, the staff, the, the, the people who were all congregated at the table, uh, uh, JBL and the other guy, and they were all sitting around and they were saying, you know, well, you know, clearly, if you know, if you hadn't heard about Bad Bunny, then you've never been to a club. These are the Internet nerds. And I'm like, why are you people still clutching your pearls here? Why are you still like? Oh, but Bad Bunny's a big star. We're trying. Why won't you listen to us? Why won't you believe us? Like at some point you have to let that go because all you end up doing is alienating your audience. That's all you end up doing. So there, people don't quite understand why big, why 
Bad Bunny is such a big deal and that's fine. Just leave it so and talk to the audience who is interested in this instead of trying to belittle. It's not even like we're trying to convince you. So we're belittling you. Oh, you look at these nerds who don't understand that Bad Bunny is a, is a big deal. They've clearly never been in the club. And Rosenberg was saying this. and I was like, fuck you, Rosenberg. If you weren't working for WWE right now and were paid to put this shit over, you wouldn't have known who Bad Bunny is either, you middle-aged white dude. It's just that simple. And I'm not trying to pretend that I'm any smarter. I didn't know who the guy was either. I do now. But I didn't know who he was. And it was like, it's fine. I don't care. I, I, he doesn't have to be a megastar. He doesn't have to be fucking, you know, Bono. It, it doesn't matter. And it, it it's like I keep I kept it's telling people over and over again. And we we've talked about it here as well. If you didn't feel called upon, if it, if the Bad Bunny reveal wasn't something that you were like, oh, this is exciting, then it wasn't for you. It wasn't they weren't speaking to you. They were trying to get another audience. It was the same thing with the Logan Paul stuff. I had so many people it was like, who the hell is Logan Paul? I said, well, there you go. They attract another demographic. They attract an, people who are who are not you. And that's fine. That's what they want to do. They want to reach out to another audience. So in so but, but in the meantime, as they're trying to reach out to that other audience, they're trying to poo-poo on their on their existing audience by saying, well, <laughs> a bunch of nerds <laughs> don't go out and <laughs> never go out and kiss a girl. I mean that that's just it's just ridiculous. And to the very last minute they were still doing that and i still think it is bad form you don't shit on your audience you don't uh you don't make them feel stupid for watching your product that is and it is such a pro wrestling thing to do it's it's something it is such garbage it is such such garbage anyway the match went above and beyond the expectations if you ask me and respect for bad bunny just like pat mcafee these two guys came in with the love of the business and they wanted to, they wanted to leave a good impression. They just didn't want to be come in, be a name, collect their check and hit the bricks. They put in the effort. Now, can Bad Bunny wrestle week in and week out? Can he do a WWE schedule? Now, does he want to? Probably not. I think he's I think he had fun here and he's ready to move on, but he clearly did train. He uh, and of course the match was put together was choreographed christ it wasn't called in the ring folks let's not be stupid here but the result was entertaining i thought it was a lot of fun the crowd got beyond it his dive looks like a fucking drone when he was diving did you notice the way he was spread out fantastic stuff it was fine it was absolutely fine i enjoyed the match a lot more than uh, than i expected to and of course bianca belair defeated sasha banks to become the new SmackDown Women's Champion, and if that, it, look, if, if you, if you can't look at this match and think it was a good wrestling match from top to bottom because of the work, because of the emotion that was put in there, the storytelling, the audience that was adding on top of that, if you looked at, if you look at that and you're just going to be like, eh, I don't know what to tell you. I, I think I I think you should stop watching professional or or you're just completely in bad faith. Cause I, I I you know, it's just one of these, it's one of those where 
I don't want to tell you you should like this match, but I've seen I've seen too many people enjoy this match and call it for the great the the great moment that it was to not just sit down and enjoy it because it was absolutely fantastic. And then, you know, we can cross our fingers and be like, well, hopefully then, uh, hopefully then, uh, 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 you know, they're going to keep moving forward with Bianca and and do something great with her because quite the hell, a pretty big statement was made. A pretty big statement, if you ask me. I'm excited. I'm excited to see... If anything, for that special moment right there, WWE real. Like to me, this is it's an indication that WWE realizes that they have a star on their hands with Bianca. That they do have someone special. And they're they're that they realize it. Now, are they going to do something special with her? Let's have this conversation in a couple of months. Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Anakin. He says, Don't ask Big Tony. Which Cesaro is more impressive, he'll tell you it's none of your business. Hashtag the party. <laughs> My God, I like Cesaro's so good. I'm I, I just I Cesaro's really good. I'm just gonna take a moment to reiterate that. Thank you very much, Anakin, for the super chat. I appreciate it. Uh night two for me was much more of a mixed bag. Um Randy Orton defeated the fiend. When Alexa Bliss started uh, leaking. (laughs) Um, I, 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 I was very, very high on the Bray Wyatt and and, uh, Fiend stuff. Longtime listeners will attest to that I thought it was really good you guys you guys know right that uh you guys know that I I even did a a a deep dive video into the Firefly Funhouse match last year because I thought it was spectacularly done I thought it was a great uh reward for WWE fans to who have been watching for a while like I thought so many things were being done right and then things weren't being done right at all anymore. And then we get to this point. And I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to break down what happened. Because I don't even understand what happened. And I, I, I tried to understand. Because I, the Fiend stuff is something that I want to like. Because I feel like it makes sense for me to like it. So, I mean, I responded. I thought it was shit. And I still think it's shit. I think it's a bad decision. Uh, I think the funniest thing to come out of that, the best thing to come out of that match was Michael Cole looking at the literal box that was pushed up to the side of the ring and saying, look at that box-like structure when it is a literal box. Like you can have much, you can have more of a box than that box. It was hard for that box to be more of a box. Michael, Cole. It was... I don't understand what happened. 
And I don't care. And that's what breaks my heart. I think it's stupid. I think I think the Fiend stuff has become a detriment instead of something... We didn't even get a really cool... We didn't even get a really cool entrance for the Fiend. Because I still... I remember vividly the first time the Fiend came to the ring, the environment, the atmosphere, the fucking... The, the Bray Wyatt head Bray Wyatt head as a lantern. Oh, I was like, this is fantastic stuff. So at, at the very least, I was like, well, you know, we'll at least maybe get a cool entrance. Not even. No, here's the thing. Because of my disdain for it, I got a certain amount of uh, responses from... People who love The Fiend, lumping, you know, saying, you wrestling media types, you uh, journalists, you dirt sheets, y'all shit on The Fiend all the time when it is, in fact, fantastic. You just don't understand the lore and so on and so forth. I think, first of all, I think it's funny, like, that I'm, like, part of this, you know, like, they talk about wrestling media like we're this, you know, this uh, Illuminati-like... Uh, organization where we all like sit around the table and you know you have like Meltzer who's at the far end you know in a cloak and on the other end you have like Wade Keller you know and we're all sitting around there and we're all like okay what are we agreeing to shit on this week oh the fiend it is such bullshit they need to stop doing that that's good that's good now it's like as if they're and if you like the fiend if you like the Fiend stuff, I can't stop you. And that's okay. I don't mind. I really don't mind. I'm I'm really of opinion of, the, you know, different strokes for different folks. If you come to the Mr. Warren Hayes show to listen to Mr. Warren Hayes talk about wrestling stuff, well, you're going to hear Mr. Warren Hayes' opinion. But that my, I'm not saying that everything that I'm, that I say is, is, is the truth or is an absolute. It's what I consider to be good or not, right? So if you enjoy the Fiend stuff, that's great. But don't go around saying wrestling media shits on it. Here's what I suggest you do. And I'm being very, very um, uh, uh, sincere and earnest in this, what, what I'm about to tell you. If you are sick of people like me, Brian Alvarez, the guys, voices of wrestling, uh, Alex Pulowski, if you are sick of us saying bad things about the Fiend, I sincerely, sincerely believe that you should go down to your whatever store, not even get yourself a microphone, order one from Amazon or hell, use your, 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 your AirPods mics, the built-in mic, start a podcast. You don't have to do video. It has never been easier for anyone to record their voice and put it out there into the world and hope that people will listen to it. If you are sick of your your feelings not being properly heard, the best way for you to change that is to take it into your own hands and do it yourself. There is ample room for all types of opinions and podcasts. Do. I'm begging you. Make a Fiend Lore podcast where every week you discuss the lore of the Fiend. And you know what? There is a fair chance that I would listen to that podcast. 
unironically on top of that because I would love to hear what kind of discussions go on on that level. Jesus Christ, I have, I listen to an Animal Crossing podcast, okay? I listen to a podcast about a fucking video game where you just basically you 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 play for like 15 minutes a day uh, planting flowers and digging up dinosaur fossils and these people they they do like an hour podcast on it weekly discussing things and i think it's cool i think it's great i th- i really think it's great why couldn't you do that so you always have a couple of choices and that's the thing is that you always have choices You can choose to just shit on people who don't have the same opinion as you or who don't like the exact same specific thing you do. Or you can reach out to people who do like the same thing you do and try to connect with them and try to just elevate each other. And I'm, I swear to God, I am so very sincere in this, in this suggestion. Don't tweet at me saying all you do is shit on it because I don't like it. It's not that I'm shitting on it. I don't like it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you know what? The Fiend stuff was really good. It wasn't. It was bad. It was bad TV. It was bad. It was a bad match. It's shit booking. None of it made sense. A cool visual and that's about it. But if you want to break it down, and make and 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 you know have a a you know uh, become a, a a standard bearer for the 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 fiend community out there which i am convinced exists uh, do it just go right ahead and do it anakin jmt left us a super chat thank you very much anakin he says warren Getting a mic is asking too much. Ask DGMC. Hey, hang on a second. He did get his microphone. He did get his mic. Hang on a second. <laughs> uh, next match. Let's keep the hot trash here. There, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler defeated Natalia and Tamina. I don't even want to talk about it. I really don't. I just this it was another bad match. That was a bad one. Almost a 15-minute match on top of that. And it just it was not good. And and Jackson Baszler are still champs. Oh, come on, folks. Come on now. Enough's enough. Uh Kevin Owens defeated Sami Zayn, though, and um that that sort of kicked the show into another gear, though, if we're being honest. And thank God. I mean, all of it was it, it was good. And it, again, and I, you know, and I agree with everyone who put out the sentiment. You know, it it's not it's not Steen and Generico from PWG. Of course not. They're older now. Their bodies aren't the same, and they don't have to put on those matches anymore. That's the point. But this was still super solid. It was great and great story, great storytelling by both guys. Fantastic stuff. Kevin Owens got the win and then gave Logan Paul the stunner after uh, after the match, which I thought was great. Which I thought was absolutely great. Uh, Sheamus defeated Matt Riddle to become the new uh, United States champion. I thought this was a good match. And my prediction came true. Where I said Sheamus should win. Because Sheamus has been such a, a, 
a, an important, quintessential part of the... Uh, well, he's been doing such great work since late 2020. And right up until this point, I he deserved to have some kind of recognition. If he was going to be used in the title situation to put Drew McIntyre over some more, well, he should at least get this. And the rumor going around, and this is this blows my mind, folks. The rumor going around was that Matt Riddle originally was planned to keep the U.S. title, to defeat Sheamus. And I was like, why? Why would you not put this? Why, was, why wasn't the first decision? Hey, Sheamus has been working his ass off. He deserves this. Sometimes, I swear I don't understand this company. Sometimes, a lot of the times. Apollo Crews defeated Big E in a, in a, f- a fine match. The Nigerian drum fight. And, and he, the Nigerian drum fight. Which ultimately just turned out to be a no disqualifications match. Now, when they were talking about this, I, of course they didn't, you know, they didn't tell us exactly what it was. And you know what I kind of was expecting? I was expecting percussionists on these big drum things uh, and just like drumming away uh, as the match progressed. And as the match progressed, you know, the drumming would become louder, more intense, faster. And I was like, Oh, cool. Like, I thought we were going to get something a little out of the ordinary here. Something Ooh, a little yeah. WrestleMania-ish kind of spectacular kind of thing. But no, it just turned out to be a, your run-of-the-mill uh, toys match, which was, it was fine. It wasn't, a, wasn't bad, but it didn't feel like a WrestleMania thing. It felt like a, it, it, it felt like a SmackDown no-DQ match. Apollo Crews is your new champ. I think that's fine. Um... You know, hope clearly they you know, they're putting some stock in this gimmick. Uh, of course, you know the most insulting thing is when they had Dabakato, Babatunde, whatever you want to call him, run in after the match, and then WWE socials going, "Who is this guy?" I'm like, "Fuck you, fuck you." He's on he he's on the roster. He's on he he's on your roster page on WWE.com. He's come on now. Let's not be let's not be fucking stupid. We know who this guy is. He's right there. Dabakato. I even screenshotted it and put it out there. That 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 kind of shit I fucking hate. I, I having my ins, my in, my intelligence insulted like that the the retconning that's really the worst. It's the worst stuff WWE can do. It really is. I fucking hate it. Hmm. <sighs> Yeah, go ahead. Clip my fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. There's some moments, you know, where, Ooh, yeah. where, 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 the, where the, the fuck you is so sincere. You know, where it's really, really, you know, where, where it's so deep and profound. It, it just it just comes from a place of truth. Fuck you. That's, that's exactly how I felt when I saw that. Couple of super chats here. J.K. Schwal, good to see you, sir. Welcome to the chat. How you doing? He says, I appreciate Impact being on Thursday night. So I have a press conference led by Josh Matthews on mute for the Mr. Warren Show. <laughs> oh. You should check. Is the press conference is the press conference shot by Josh's uh, iPhone? Are they using his iPhone to stream the press conference? <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Thank you, sir. 
Thank you, JK Swan. Thank you for being here. Uh, my regards to Josh. Uh, Stellar Justin Lopez is here and left us a super chat. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. it says, Warren, stop it. You know that's too creative for them. LOL. Also, Dabakato is now General Aziz, which is a total ripoff of Wesley Snipes' General Izzy, which is from um, uh, coming into America, right? Is that it? That, 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 just got to make sure here. General Izzy. Yeah, that's it from coming to America. Yes. Um, yeah, you're, you, you think of the, you, now that you mention it, do you think that's what they're, that's where the inspiration comes from? It could be. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, I, I definitely would put past them. Absolutely not. That's hilarious. General Aziz. I also feel like I'm going to have to because I feel like Aziz A-Z-I-Z. Yes, I say Z because I, you know, outside of Aziz Ansari, it rings a bell anyway. But look, I'll do some research. General Aziz. Uh, Acer 5000, good to see you as well, sir. Welcome to the chat. It's good to see everyone here tonight. Rhea Ripley uh, defeated Asuka to become the Raw Women's Champion. Hmm. I wonder what's wrong with Rhea. I wonder what the... It was a it was a bit of a dud, wasn't it? And I, I can't quite put my finger on it. I don't know what's going on. I, I like I don't know I don't know what the uh, I, I I I I don't know why it didn't click. I thought it was I thought it was a dead match. I don't know. I really don't know. It's it's strange. It's really strange. Because then, you know, then they had the, their rematch on Raw the next night. And it wasn't it, it wasn't better. That's the thing. I don't know, man. Strange, strange, strange things. But let's move on to the main event where Roman Reigns defeated Jey Uso. And Ed, uh, no, he didn't defeat Jey Uso. Jey Uso was there. Uh, the Dick Togo of WWE. Uh, he defeated Edge and Daniel Bryan. Roman Reigns did not Jey Uso to retain the Universal Championship. I thought this was a very solid triple threat. I it felt like a it felt like a main event match. Uh, the guys wrestled fa Ooh, fantastic. Yeah. I thought this was very very good. Two things I want to point out. Don't underestimate Daniel Bryan's popularity. Minute that that guy is put in a position where he can contend for a title, where he feels important, the audience instantly gets behind him. Look at how excited. And of course, sure, first crowds, blah, 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 first crowds back and so on and so forth. But look how excited they were to see Daniel Bryan back. They were really into it. They were into the near falls. Everything was working in this match. Everything was really fucking good. Edge, I think Edge got a pretty good performance here, but... Roman Reigns, man, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I was a little surprised, but, you know, because yeah. I, I was like, Daniel Bryan should probably win here. But uh, it also makes sense, very much sense for Roman Reigns to retain here. I mean, this is the first time that they have Roman Reigns in a position with the audience reacting the way they want him to be reacted to. 
you know, it's the first time that he's that that the, the audience is giving the proper reaction that they want him to. So it's like, well, let's continue and okay, let's let's build ourselves a big ass contender for for Roman. Then let's see. You're giving him the Brock treatment. Cool. Let's see. Let's see who the who's going to knock him off. Let's see who it's going to be. Could have been Daniel. I think a Daniel Bryan could have worked here. But of course, now there's the question, you know, since Roman put Edge on top of Daniel Bryan to cover both guys at once. Now the question is, is Edge is should Edge be the champion? Because Edge was technically covering Daniel Bryan, whose shoulders were pinned. Charles Robinson tweeted out and he said, oh, well, no, no, my decision stands. Like, really? Hmm. Intrigue. So, uh, so yeah, there you go. That's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much WrestleMania. You know, the thing is, and I will maintain this, I'll still say this, WrestleMania build this year, cold as ice, but the matches that I were, that I was expecting them to deliver, delivered. You know, I think that in a few years, we're going to look back at this show they're going to go and we're all going to be like, look, night one was fantastic and night two was unfortunate unfortunately kept keeps WrestleMania 37 from being uh added to the pantheon of top tier WrestleManias. But if you take night one in a vacuum in a bubble and you just let you you cannot go wrong with that show. That was a very good pro wrestling show. Um night two was it's you know, lots of hits, lots of misses. Uh Ooh, definitely yeah. not perfect. But um, I think, nonetheless, uh, surpassed the it, the expectations. But the expectations, like I said, were super cold as ice. So it's weird, man. DGMC left us a super chat. Thank you very much. He says I was expecting Big E versus Apollo to be a recreation of the first Chala Killmonger fight from the from Black Panther. No drums playing. No cliff. No boss. <laughs> Okay, at first I was like, oh, he's serious. No, no, he's not. Okay. Uh, I was expecting something a little more special than... Like, the only thing that made it not a standard no DQ match were the drums. And did they even use... The, I don't even think they used the drums. Lame. Thank you for the super chat, though, DGMC. Anakin JMT left us a super chat again. Thank you very much. Says, I think the issue is Rhea and Asuka just don't click, which is entirely possible. It's quite, quite possible. We'll have to see. Look, uh, uh, Rhea's reign is, uh, has started. So we'll, we'll see in a couple of months. We'll give her a couple of defenses. We'll see how it goes. But as it stands right now, I'm scratching my head a bit. Anakin left us another super chat as well. Thank you very much. He says, Edge's shoulders were on the mat too, weren't they? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. From, because, uh, because Adam Pierce and, uh, Adam Pierce and, um, and Charles Robinson had a bit of a back and forth on Twitter. And I think, you know, clearly Edge is really pinning, well, not pinning, but like he's laying on top on his back. His back is turned on top of Daniel Bryan. Like, the, he's not, like, in a crucifix-like position. Or 
going to be weird. It's going to be weird. Um, that all led us into the uh, the Raw after WrestleMania, which, uh, which you know, is the stuff of legends, right? Like, Raw after WrestleMania is always a big deal, or it's supposed to be. And here's the problem. I want to say too many things at once. Here we go. Hour one of Raw on Monday. I was like, hot diggity damn. Starts off with a match. We get a fire-ass promo from Charlotte. Like, one of these promos where you're like, okay, this is this is not your standard raw affair we got we have ourselves uh we have ourselves a a good old-fashioned tirade from a wrestler and she was fucking good was on fire was a great great promo from charlotte and we had matches matches all throughout our one Rhea and charlotte and oscar started at the end of our uh at the end of our one it was like look if this is and i tweeted this out because I gotta praise them when they do this kind of stuff. If 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 this was, I said it like if this was going to be the new direction that they were going to give Raw and give us like matches and matches and matches for three hours, we're like this is fantastic, minimal nonsense, all matches. I'm down for that. Then our two hits and everything goes down the fucking drain, and it becomes one of the most tedious Raws. Maybe not as bad as uh two weeks ago which was abysmal but this was it was not good and i'm thinking and i'm looking at wrestlemania coming off of it and we had such really good matches and we have great possibilities and we're just we're back to square one i did the slate my preview show on monday and they hadn't announced a thing for the show I did it at, I did my I did the preview show at 6 p.m. A show that starts two hours later at 8 p.m. Nothing. They didn't have anything planned. Nothing on the uh, and you, you, you know didn't even see Sheamus show up who just won the title, right? Uh Damien Priest loses to a guy in his underwear, and I'm like, what the fuck am I watching again? So the pro, ultimately the problem, and, and and this is what blows my mind. This is literally what blows my mind is that the 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 raw after WrestleMania is usually the big one where they set everything apart. And it's like this is where we're going. This is the great stuff. We've got some excitement. Sure, the Viking Raiders came back, and you cannot not be happy that 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 they're back, especially in the context of what happened today. But. You just look at the show and you're like, okay, well, we're back to square one. We are literally back to the exact Ooh, same yeah. place we were. Nothing exciting, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing special. It's all right, guys. Uh, we we had our we had our shits and giggles over the weekend, and now we're back uh, back to the sausage machine. Always the same. Always the same stuff. It's frustrating. It's frustrating because I get, I guess I'm an optimist because I look at stuff and I'm like, well, this this has promise. We're going down, uh, we're going down a proper path here. And you, and at this point, I should know better. At this point, I should know better when it comes to WWE. But they never fail to. They they, they they're so consistent oh, in yeah. this.
Uh, and then the conclusion. Here's the thing. Here's the one. Before I get to your super chat, Seven. Here's the thing. You, the mind-boggling, mind-melting thing for the main event at the end. You have MVP using the cast-offs of Retribution who are still wearing their fucking Zartan and the Dreadnoughts masks. They're still wearing them and they have him attack Drew McIntyre and they split up they split up the hurt business so that Shelton Benjamin and 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 Cedric Alexander can be jobbed out and then it's like oh well now we you know we we, we have to set up uh, some matches with Drew leading into backlash so we'll have MVP use the retribution guy what how does this even remotely resemble logical booking on they had the they had the squad they had the team they had the people the where it would all make sense imagine if the hurt business had still been together and then at the end of raw you have Shelton and, and Cedric attack uh attack uh uh, uh Drew excuse me I lost lost my train of thought for a second there they attack drew at the end and you'd be like well this all makes sense but retribution doesn't make sense you're using the cast offs and in the meantime the one guy who really has the talent the charisma and who has been misused over and over again by wwe i'm talking about mustafa ali he's not being used but you're gonna go you're gonna go use two of the fucking losers of this absolutely abysmal Team, this stable that will go down in history as one of the absolute worst in wrestling history. And you and, and you're gonna use these. If this isn't, if this is not proof, pudding, pudding proof <laughs> that WWE has zero foresight, zero planning, this is it right here. So, oh, we should have someone attack uh, Drew uh, after the match. Well, Cedric and, and Sheldon? Nah, nah, well, they, we split those up. We can't use those guys again. We'll use other guys. It's so stupid. At this point, you know what meme I want? I'll tell you what meme I want. I want Dominic Dijak and Dio Madden to unmask in the middle of the ring. And I want the new guy with the Vink... Venk, the guy who's wondering, who's shocked that not more wrestling fans have ever heard of him, whatever. I want them to take their mask and I want him to say, why? That's Dominic Dijak. <gasps> Good Lord, it's Dio Madden. And we'd be like, you know, at le I at least want that meme. I at least want that. All right, I'm 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 done talk, talking about all this stuff. Hey, um, oh, uh, super chats. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, Evan, 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 right. Um, first super chat. He says, "Thank you very much, by the way, Evan." He says, "Raw made me irrationally angry. Rhea Oscar sucked. Yes, it did. Uh, Priest losing the way he did. Same old crap. Rematches. Elevation for me. This point on. Sure. I mean, you know, at this point, it's whatever floats your boat." Right, it's what you know. Do watch stuff that you enjoy, and I, when I say you, I mean everyone. Everyone should. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a fair assessment. Uh, Damien Priest losing 
like that is just absolute bonkers. Uh, mi- mi- very important for Miz to get his heat back, clearly. Evan Wright left a super chat again. Thank you very much, Evan. Again, he says, I still miss War Machine, not this Vikings crap. Yeah, there was a moment, right, that they were... <sighs> we, we, we hoped so much for them. So, so much. Evan Wright left us a super chat again. Thank you very much, Evan. He says, Mandy Dana walk out on the match. Bullshit too. Yeah. Uh, Why would they walk? I don't want to get into the specifics of the match, but if, if Nia Jax is off her game because she's, whoa, she's tripping, she's slipping, she's falling. And if she's off her game, why would you hit the bricks? If she's lost her focus, this is when you capitalize on it. It's so fucking stupid. Anakin left us a super chat again. Thank you very much again, Anakin. He says, Edge's shoulders were down. Picture in the Discord. Well, I mean, look, there's a lot of controversy in regards to that. I don't know what to tell you. That's the controversy that they were talking about, that Edge might be, might, might actually be the guy who had pinned Daniel Bryan. I mean, the double pin was ridiculous. I understand why. I understand for the visual why they did it, but it was still a silly thing to do. Regardless, uh, just a quick note because I do want to talk. Uh, Christ, there's so much stuff I still want to talk about. Um, um, yeah, let, let, let's AEW. Uh, you guys know I'm not a big ratings guy. I I don't I don't talk all that much about ratings. A lot of people are much more apt at it. Uh, have proper analysis. I think it's overall a very very boring subject overall the arguments get boring because you know a lot of people think that they know what they're talking about and I'm not going to pretend that I know what I'm talking about because I don't but we'll recognize last night AEW Dynamite hit 1.2 million viewers that's a big big deal they basically doubled from last week on and this the so on the first week that NXT is gone they get twice the viewership I'm excited to see if this uh, maintains that this is a trend like uh, does this actually mean that uh, wrestling fans had been conditioned to tune in to Wednesday nights wa- and watch wrestling? And now that NXT is not there, they're like they're sticking around, but they're watching the other the other Ooh, product. That's yeah. great. Or was this like a uh, uh, was this uh, a a um, uh, was this a, a a boost in viewership that came from Mike Tyson, perhaps? Which is also possible too. I I we, this was a uh, this this is a big big deal uh it's a big number for them i'm excited to see if it maintains um you know and it's crazy when you think that you know AEW is able to hit over a million viewers on a wednesday night despite all the stables right all the confusion about all these all these numerous stables and all these people in these groups you know they're just it's just so confusing uh just so despite it all you know, people are tuning in to watch. <laughs> uh, it's I, I'm excited to see how the how this uh, plays out for. I'm excited for to see how this plays out for uh, for AW for real though. Anakin left us another super chat. Thank you very much, Anakin, for all your super chats tonight. He says, uh, "Shout out to uh, Danny Limelight versus." 
Takashita on Elevation. My boy, Danny Lamlight. Yeah, it was really good. It was really, really good. Free match on YouTube like that? Ah, you shall. Y'all should take about what? Was it about 10 minutes? I don't remember. 10, it, it, it didn't feel long, I'll tell you that much. It felt like a, it was a breeze to watch. You should go check that out. Absolutely recommended. Um, cool beans. Hey, that world tag team match that opened dynamite and lasted for about 30 minutes was absolutely fantastic. The young bucks in their new heel attire acting like heels versus death triangles, uh, Ray Phoenix and pack pack strikes. His kicks and strikes are so good. That sequence he had on Matt Jackson mid match. So great. Everything was... Pre- I mean, even JR had to be like, he's so precise. But it was fantastic. Phoenix's Topicon Hilo. He just floated to the outside. The guy's scared of nothing. He's absolutely fearless and fantastic. That fucking springboard destroyer that Matt Jackson pulled off. I'm like, that guy's insane. The stereo poison run is on the floor. And then Phoenix... It hits that rolling cutter over the barricade on the floor again. Jesus Christ. This match ruled. It was absolutely it was absolutely great. And the Bucks, I am so glad that the young Bucks are back to being heels. I've all I, there's nothing better than a than Matt Jackson being a little shit. And he's been a little shit. He was a little shit throughout the match. He was a little shit when he was few when the elite were feuding and when, you know with Kenny Omega and, and Adam Page, all fantastic stuff. And I I, I love it. And s- sometimes I get I get baffled at wrestling fans where they're like, oh the books are boring. You know, midway through the match the books are boring. The books are playing heels. So, of course, they're not going to be explosive, babyface, flippy offense all throughout. And they actually wrestled a very uh, a, a very uh, logical, very heel-style match where they're the heels. They get the heat to build up to the big babyface comeback. And once Phoenix hit that hot tag and made his babyface comeback for his team, it was awesome. So sometimes, I don't know, it's like you have to go in hard from the get-go and I, I don't understand it. But what I do understand, that this match ruled. It was great, great stuff. Not only a, another another example of AEW starting off with a big opener, a hot opener, but a hot opener and a fucking great match on top of that. And at some point I was like, do these guys know that they're not on pay-per-view? Because they're wrestling as if they're on pay-per-view. Um, so one of the things, one of the things that surprised me the most today, as I was, last night, Anthony Agogo had his debut in AEW, right? And he, it's a squash against the job guy. And he, he punches the guy in, in the, in the, in the midsection and the guy just falls. And he's writhing in pain, and the ref calls the match. So I, I jokingly tweet out, you know, and I talk about, and I'm like, this is, I tweet out, you know, his finisher's the women's right. 
You know, you guys know. I think fin- I think punches as finishes are stupid. I think they're stupid. We'll get to that in a second. So I'm like, ah, this this is kind of weird. But I did it. It, it was a meme. I was just having a little a little gas. I was having a little fun. But it turns out, you know, there was a whole discussion overnight and during the day today, and I mean a discussion. And the only thing that tempered the a go-go punch discussion was where the WWE releases, which I'm, I'm going to get to, I promise. Um, everyone, they're, they're, you really had two people who were like, this is stupid. And other people were like, well, it's a liver punch. And if you got punched in the liver, you'd go down. And probably liver, the, the liver is a is, is a critical organ. I, I could definitely see, you know, your, your body sort of shut down for a second and be like, hey, yo, oh, you're not supposed to get uh, punched here, pal. You know, it's like... But ultimately, it doesn't bother me. The the, 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 the punch in and about itself, it doesn't bother me. Again, I was goofing on it, but ultimately, I take a step back and I look at it and I'm like, look, the guy's a boxer. This is going to be his gimmick. They're going to lean into it. And if you if his, if his he's going to have like this killer combo this killer knockout strike is going to take people out in, 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 in a jiffy i'm like cool cool um i'm i'm absolutely okay with i'm absolutely okay with them having this like uh this thing that he can pull out at any moment and end a match it adds drama to a match isn't that isn't that cool like something that you might anticipate happening. And on top of that, look, if do you want more sports-centric stuff in your wrestling, which is something that AEW told us that they were going to do when they started, when they founded the company, they said, yeah, we're going to have a much more sports-centric focus. Well, you can't have more sports-centric than getting punched in the liver and collapsing because that's a thing. That is... It's just a thing. And is it his finisher? I don't, again, I memed on it, but I don't know if it's his finisher. He punched a guy in the liver and he fell. If that's his finisher, so be it. If it's not, it does, AEW doesn't, re, doesn't rely on finishers all that much. And here's the thing is that I feel that in this situation here, I feel that the, the issue isn't as much the punch but how we've been conditioned as wrestling fans to regard punches in wrestling, right? Because you people say uh, you get hit in the liver, you'll fall. Christ, you hit me on the jaw and I'll I'll fall. That's not even an issue. That's not that's not the problem. The problem comes with how we've been conditioned to view punches and view finishers as wrestling fans over the past twenty years or so. Because we're at a point where. We look at a guy, punch a guy in the in the stomach, and we're like, that could, that could never end a match. Or, Walter hitting a chop, and you're like, that can't end a match. You know, to me, this is 20 years, two decades of WWE telling us that wrestling works like this. And we, we have trouble breaking from that mold, from, from this single worldview on wrestling that we've all come to accept as a truth. So when we start seeing things that are different, 
things that sort of challenge our, 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 our notions. And we're like, fuck, this is not supposed to work this way. And yet, this is something that we kind of, that a lot of fans want to see more of. A punch and a match, a chop and a match. The, the Young Bucks, that very evening, ended a match with a pair of super kicks, not with an indie taker, not with uh, more bang for your buck, with a pair of super kicks. And how many people have there are there even right now as we speak out there saying super kicks should end matches? Super kicks are not transitional moves. They should be finishers. And we get the young bucks using them to end a match. Not as a finisher. Because finishers aren't necessarily a big deal in AEW. Cody ends a match a whole bunch of ways. Uh, John Moxley doesn't barely uses the paradigm shift to end matches. It, like it, it's that's not the thing. So the guy punches another guy in the stomach and he falls. It doesn't instantly make it a finisher. Doesn't he? Doesn't necessarily have to give it a name and call it like the death, the death liver punch of doom. You know that doesn't. Ha That's not it. It's a it's a weird conversation to have, but at the same time, I understand why some people are taken aback and they're like, just like me when I see Lacey Evans go like this on someone's jaw. Because, like, for me now, psychologically speaking, in a match, for a go-go, for Lacey Evans, hell, even for Paul White when he was doing the WMD, which, again, he couldn't even get over as a, uh, as a proper finisher. And he's a fucking... His fist is as big as my head. If there's anyone who could probably get a punch... Anyway. Because the thing is, is that I look at this, I look at how a wrestling match works, and I'm like, well... Just throw the punch and end the match, right? So psychologically speaking, I am interested to see how they're going to develop this in matches moving forward. Because to me, this is a big, this is a big caveat. It's a big, uh, uh, um, uh, it, it, it raises the questions for a go-go moving forward. It's like, how are people going to adapt to his style? And my God, if that isn't the most basic sports-centric story you can tell, I don't know what is, and I am here for that kind of shit. I love that kind of stuff. I don't, the angles, the convoluted stories, the, uh, you know, running for president as I'm trying to, to, to become world champion or all that shit, it serves, it serves its purpose, but... It's not why I watch pro wrestling. Now, I want to see how a go-go's uh, uh, um, uh, ace in the hole is going to be countered or how his opponent is going to react. And that's where the stories get interesting. That's where you get your teeth. That's where you can, you, you can sink your teeth into it. And that's what makes a match good. That's what makes it, that's what makes it fun to watch. Of course, I am ready to meme the hell <laughs> out of a go-go's liver punch because I think I, I I think it has the potential to be absolutely hilarious. <laughs> mm. We did get a super chat from our boy Anakin again. Thank you so much, Anakin. I really appreciate it. You're way too kind. Uh, he says, um, you say that about punches, yet Tyson punching cash 
so shows how it can be a finisher. But mm, mm, I mean, like I said, you know the 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 conditioning that I have versus seeing a punch be thrown and leveling a a, a dude or a dudette is. It's hard for me to get behind. I, I I still think punches as finishers are dumb. I really do. Maybe because we haven't seen it done well in a while. But then you get Mike Tyson coming in, who is a legitimate boxer, who has, you know, they didn't call him I and Mike for nothing, who has that baggage that comes with him, and then he knocks him on the jaw, and like lightning quick, like... You can't, you barely saw that punch coming. So he drops, he drops Cash. Was Cash really out? Or was he like rolling on the ground or whatever? It doesn't matter. You know. I'm okay with all of this. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see how it goes forward. But I mean, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give it a chance. Because it does feel like sports stuff. That's what I like in my wrestling. Um, I'm, I've been doing a cool beans run here. I'm going to keep it going here. Uh, Jade Cargill, Red Velvet, Chris Statlander, they were all on the show last night. And fantastic stuff. Two women's matches on AEW. What, what, we're on a good path, folks. You know, I'm not throwing up my hands in celebration. You know, I... I, I want to see a pattern. I want to see things moving forward. I, I'm thrilled. I'm ecstatic. I am excited. And on top of that, not only did we have two matches, but we had a, a really good match, a good match between Jade and, and Red, um, which I thought what they, they wrestled a lot smoother than at the um, than at the tag team match that they had. I thought it was all, already a lot smoother. Jade has this stuff, undeniable. Uh, she has the presence, she has the charisma. Uh, the thing, Jade is going to be such an important cornerstone for the women's division, for everything she brings to the table. She really, really does. She need, There's so much that she brings to the, that she can bring to, um, there's so much that she can bring for, for the women's division. She, she's going to be essential. She's going to be quintessential for it. Absolutely. I'm excited to see her uh, in, in in more wrestling situations. I think Red Velvet was a perfect opponent for her. And Red Velvet, man, my God, because she's been great. And she's been great. She's been a fantastic boon to, uh, to uh, Jade in this situation. She's been amazing. May Both women look like a million bucks coming out of this. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. Um, and Statlander's return... Yeah, perfect comeback for her. a couple of weeks ago shows up at uh at uh anarchy uh arcade uh, arcade anarchy complete surprise return she aligns herself officially with the best friends she's part of that that stable and then last night on dynamite squash if that isn't the perfect formula for to put one of your wrestlers back over after an injury, I do not know. I do not know what your, what, how, I do not know how 
you could do it any other way. It, that was absolutely perfect. Statlander comes back, looks like a million dollars, looks like a star, feels important. Then like, have her come back, three weeks of not seeing her, or maybe having one vignette backstage, then whoop, coming back one week, and then going back, and then having a week, a match two weeks later. She was ready to come back, and they planned this. This was clearly planned. Beautiful stuff. You want to talk more about some beautiful stuff? Christian Cage and Team Taz stuff. Absolutely ruled. Absolutely ruled. Christian, look, there's nothing that happened Ooh, on AEW yeah. last night that got me more excited than this segment here. And it was a short one. Five, maybe six minutes from top to bottom, from the minute that Tony Scavone started talking to uh, to the moment they cut away after Christian Cage's beatdown. Everything was great about this. From Christian, uh, given his promo, his interview, Taz comes out bitter as fuck because of course he is. You're ignoring me, Christian Cage, he says. And he said, I want your answer. You're not responding to my text. You're, and he's annoyed. He, it's perfect Taz. Chip on his shoulder. He's pissed off. He's not being respected. And the lines. Christian says, I'm glad you're standing on those three steps so I can say this to you face to face. I popped. I popped. Huge. This It was so great. Taz calls him a shit bag. He says, if I were standing on my wallet, I'd be 10 feet over that big head of yours. Cage says, oh, all that bingo money? And of course, reference, ECW, that's fine. And Taz goes, yeah, yeah, bingo. Yeah, but no, other money, other money. And I, I'm bawling at this point. Because you could tell Taz was sort of annoyed by that. He says, yeah, but no. Then Hobbs and Hook attack him, Hook. Garrett Kidney's favorite wrestler. They go after Christian Cage. Hobbs just beats the shit out of him. You know, it's hard for me to not... It's really difficult for me to say, hey, this is... Um, this is a point of comparison here between both promotions. You know, I don't, I don't really like to do that. But it's hard to not properly get across what happened without doing a comparison to what WWE usually does. Go back. Watch this segment. Look at everything it accomplished. Look at everything it accomplished. It forwarded a feud, made it feel legitimate, and stronger, created a match for next week that has heat. That has fucking heat to it. That you're like, I want to see Christian Cage beat the shit out of Powerhouse Hobbs. And since it's with a group, it's with the team, it continues. It will continue on. And it was executed with an, I tell you, I don't have the exact timing. Five, six minutes at the most. A spot on, classic heel babyface segment. Propped up 
by incredible mic talents. Two guys who on the microphone are able to go with the banter, spot on talent, created a story bump, leads into a logical match next week with minimal bullshit. This rules. And it is for these reasons that I love Dynamite. We didn't have eight minutes of exposition in a monologue from a wrestler to get this Ooh, shit yeah. over. We needed five minutes. We need at four minutes of talk, two minutes of beat down. That's all we needed. And I am more excited for this match. Hobbs and Christian Cage next week. Even though I am convinced that Christian Cage is going to win. Even though I feel like I already know what the ending is, I am more excited for this match than anything WWE has, uh, than much more excited than Drew McIntyre versus T-Bar. Because you know that's happening next week. Or Mace. Or uh, uh, a two-on-one. You get me to believe. And it's not outlandish. It's It's just like, it's such good fucking shit. I love it so hard. It, it was my favorite segment of the entire... It was my favorite thing on the show. I, it, 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 and it accomplished so much. So little. Little time. Because they had great talent. There you have it, folks. It's good stuff. That was that. Should we wrap it up? That's it. That's the weekly wrestling inspection, folks. Yeah. Here you we are not done by any stretch of the imagination, though, folks. We got a couple of super chats again from Evan Wright. Thank you very much, Evan, for all your super chats as well tonight. It says, give me Jade versus Kylan King next. I'm ready. Yeah, you kind of feel like that's the path that they're going, right? Um, heading over with, uh, you know, when, um, when, uh, Jade dumped Red Velvet into the audience, which was actually all wrestlers and, you know, they sort of focused on Kylan King being there. Maybe that's where they're going to go with this next. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's uh, absolutely something that should happen. Anakin James D left his super chat as well. Again, thank you very much, Anakin. He says, does this lead to Christian winning the FTW title? Um, you know, look, I, I, I'm reading this and I'm like, you know what? That actually, that actually kind of makes sense to me because Christian was so like Taz and Christian are so pissed at each other right now that Christian could probably win the title just to piss Taz off. Right. And Taz would be super because Christian did say in his promo last night, I came to AEW to win championships and he did, you'll notice he didn't say the world championship. He didn't say, he said championships. I mean, I can definitely see him wrestling for it and winning it just to piss Taz off. And you know what? As wrestling fans, we all benefit from a pissed off Taz. Uh, the releases, the releases. We got to talk about the releases. There were a few releases this week. Before we get into the ones that happened today from WWE, Evelise confirmed on her Twitter that uh, she had been released from AEW. 
Um, she says that uh, she was released because she spoke out against mistreatment from a coach that no one would back her up despite the fact that there were many witnesses to this. She also then tweeted that uh, Thunder Rosa um, and she had heat with Thunder Rosa because of that match. I'm sure you all know the one I'm talking about where she was essentially sandbagging Rosa and she was sitting down and sort of pouting. Um, Ooh, I'm sure yeah. you, you all know the one I'm talking about. Uh, she is. Uh, she basically said that uh, Rosa was trying to guide the match uh, while Ivelisse should be guiding the match because she's the veteran and that's, you know, that... That's an unspoken rule. That's usually what happens. Uh, but Ivelisse and Thunder Rosa had heat uh, dating back to Lucha Underground. Um, and that's essentially where everything sort of started, I guess. That's where they started. I don't know. Lots of stuff going on. But, you know, I am I feel bad for Ivelisse to a degree. Uh, I like her. I've chatted with her a couple of times. Like, she's always been super nice. Uh, so very, very nice to me. And I know she's a controversial figure. But at some point, like, she burns bridges everywhere she goes. Uh, you know, I've seen people saying, well, WWE, you know, she can head on over there. She's been there. And it didn't end well there either. It, at some point, you know, it can't always be others who are the problem. At, at some point, you do have to have a moment to look into yourself and be like, well, what's going on? Maybe I am the issue here. Because I was happy. I was very happy for her that she was getting... Uh, I, that she was getting uh, a run, another run on a national stage like that. But she's her. She's literally her own worst enemy. And um, and it, 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 it's sad. It's sad because she's talented. That's the problem. Uh, and also the, uh, the, um, you know, since we're talking about sad stuff, WWE, uh, did some post WrestleMania releases today. Uh, of course these always sort of blindside all of us. Um, but, uh, they released a, a bunch of people today, uh, that were future endeavored that were announced on social media on their website, namely, and there's a couple of weird names in here, Samoa Joe, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Mickey James, Wesley Blake, Kalisto, Tucker Knight, Chelsea Green, Bo Dallas, and Mojo Raleigh. Um, now, I again, I know this happens most of the time after WrestleMania. Like last year, it happened, but you know, it had been a while since we really had like a a trimming down of the roster. It had been a while, but. Uh, but, but it'd been a while. Like it happened last year, but you know, before last year, there there had been a few years where there weren't any major cuts. Now we're sort of getting back into the situation. They were released apparently for budget cuts, and there's, I mean, look, there are some talent here on this roster uh, on on that were cut here from the on this list is what I'm trying to say that. Uh, that you're like, well, yeah, I mean, WWE wasn't doing anything with them. Uh, sure, you know, Mojo Raleigh, Bo Dallas, and, you know, people that, these are people that they've tried numerous times to do stuff with, but it just wasn't working out, whatever. So I'm like, okay. But when you start getting into the territory of people like Samoa Joe, 
that just blows my mind straight out of the water. I don't understand how you can sit back and be like, yes, yeah, Samoa Joe, we need to, we should dump that guy. And Samoa Joe will go down in history as one of the most piss poorly handled talent that they had the opportunity, the chance, the luxury to call a member of their roster. Samoa Joe is one of the greatest wrestlers to have done it over the past 15 to 20 years. Absolutely phenomenal talent. From the in-ring work to the promos. The guy could talk. You can't, you can't even have the WWE faithful turn around and say, oh, he's, you know, sure he can go, but he sucks on the mic and you have to be able to work the mic in WWE. No, look. Look at this. He'd been on the announce team for all this time and they were hanging on to him and it was even, they were like, and everyone was praising his work. I'm I'm just throwing this out here. This is pure speculation. I have no information on any level regarding any of these people. But you kind of feel that maybe Samoa Joe wanted to get back to wrestling. You know, I, I don't think a guy like him at this point in his career, especially when he sees so many of his peers uh, thriving at a, a same age level, being like, him being like, nah, I can't, I don't want to just sit and do commentary. I still want to wrestle. WWE doctors and, you know, WWE doctors these days don't necessarily have the greatest, uh, the, 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 uh, the greatest, uh, uh, reputation. He's been saying, maybe the doctor's like, no, we can't clear you to wrestle. What if this is another situation where he goes to get a second opinion, the, the second, third, fourth opinion, whatever, and they say, hey, you know what, You're, you you can wrestle, but WWE doesn't want to clear him. So he's like, well, fuck this shit. I'll go anywhere. He's Samoa Joe, Ooh, he will work yeah. anywhere. You kidding me? And then splitting up the Iconics. Look, I know the Iconics are a very divisive uh, topic amongst wrestling fans but you cannot deny that those two women were tailor-made to be in wwe they had the looks they had the charisma they were able to be sports tip-top sports entertainers if not tip-top pro wrestlers they had everything going for them split them apart and you're like let's go for the singles run but no and they were actually trying with Billy Kay as opposed to Peyton, which is ridiculous. But they were trying with Billy Kay, and whatever Billy Kay was doing was working. Because she'd pop up on screen and people would be like, it's Billy. And now they let them go. Mickey James. A woman who should have finished her career in WWE, who is a Hall of Famer. A, like a legitimate Hall of Famer. Not a Tori Wilson Hall of Famer, a real deal wrestling hall of famer she should have finished her career there she should have been training the girls she's a pro yeah see the thing is that oh but her last match with oscar jesus christ are you gonna let that erase a body of work that she has been so critical and important to oh yeah it's wild to me kalisto was a guy who's been around for years and he's always done what the company's asked him 
Send him down to 205 Live and he makes the most out of it. And then they split him up. Give him a singles thing. How many, look at the number of people here who were split up from their tag teams and they're like, no, we gotta let you go. Tucker Knight, the most talented of the duo of the heavy machinery guys. Again, still don't understand why they split them up. And now it makes even more, even less sense. And then Chelsea Green, Chelsea Green wasn't even given a chance. She wasn't even given the opportunity. At least I take some kind of solace in knowing that probably down the line, the the uh, the hot mess is going to come back. And that's, I can only keep my fingers crossed. But I want you guys to, to keep one thing in mind. Because here's the thing. It's like, you can, you can look at all of this from top to bottom and, and be like, you know, well, WWE, you know, cutting people makes sense. You know, they hired a whole bunch of people. Sure. But there, there is, there are people here who were team players Ooh, yeah. and who were doing what the boss was telling them to do. And despite that, like, no, we'll let you go. You couldn't get yourselves over because of the shit situations they were put into. Like splitting up the Iconics. Like Mojo Rawley. I mean, God bless them. They tried, but, you know, none of the gimmicks were any good. Uh, Tucker Knight, whatever happened to him was obviously out of his hands. Same with Kalisto and Samoa Joe. How do you release Samoa Joe? How do you say to yourself, as a, as a serious wrestling company, we have Samoa Joe signed and we don't know what to do with them. It's bonkers. It's not as much, oh, they're releasing talent. It's like, look at the talent they're releasing. And you're telling me that this is the biggest company in the world and they have all these resources at their fingertips and they can't even, they can't find something to do for Samoa Joe, for Mickey James, for the Iconics. They didn't even give Chelsea Green a chance. Are you kidding me? And don't forget that, because yeah, the excuse, budget cuts, pal. That's my John Laurinaitis voice. Uh, Budget cuts. Budget cuts coming from the company that has had, that reported its highest annual net income and highest annual revenue of all time in 2020. Record revenue, record profits. It's a billion dollar company. Budget cuts. Fuck off. This is a company that has paid Shane McMahon as a performer in 2020, paid him over $800,000 in 2020. Not a multi-year contract, no. Paid him for the year of our Lord, pandemic era 2020, over $800,000. And he essentially had eight appearances on Raw Underground. He didn't wrestle a match and he didn't do anything outside of whatever Raw Underground was supposed to be. You know what this means? I'll tell you what this means. This is the thing. This 
continues to demonstrate that there is no one on that roster who is important, no one that is not interchangeable. There is no one bigger than the brand. Their people, their talent do not matter. They don't. Because if they did matter, they would fix it so that we could care about these people. They would put more people on the shelves. Because if more people mattered, it would be a better show, no doubt in my mind. Because we would be seeing more people. You could get attached to different people. You'd see them. They'd do stuff. And be like, hey, I want to see more of that person. You'd react accordingly. But no. The primary resource is the talent and it's expendable in the minds of WWE because there will always be pro wrestlers. But what WWE fails to do is create an emotional connection with its wrestlers. And it doesn't, it fails to do it because it doesn't want you to create a link with the wrestlers. It wants you to create a link with WWE. It's really just that simple. Because if if they can be like Samoa Joe, yeah, no, we're, we're good. We'll, we'll replace him with someone else. Any of these people, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, arguably people who had talent, who had connections with their audience, if they're able to be like, now nah, we'll find someone else. And there you go. What's the point? I sincerely do believe that instead of spending, instead of spending, you know, giving us eight minute exposition interviews and 35 minutes of uh, every show with, uh, I might be exaggerating with 35 minutes, but giving us, you know, minutes upon minutes of this just happened a few moments ago. This happened last week. This happened last month. Instead of doing always recaps and reminding us of shit over and over again, if they just focused on putting wrestlers in the ring and letting them wrestle, they would probably get a, I'm convinced the show would be better. And there would be a lot less filler. It's so bizarre to me. Releasing people when you're at your the, the, the most profitable year you've ever had. And it's going to continue being even more profitable because of the Peacock deal. It's, that's, it's just greed at that point, folks. That's all it is. It's, it's greed. Sure, it's clearing up money for the new talents that they hired. But it's such shit. I'm excited to see what's next for all of these people. And I hope that they thrive wherever they end up. I hope they're respected and used to their full potential. It's ridiculous. Still ridiculous. I can't, I can't, the more I think about it, and I always come back to the same things, I'm still, I'm still, it's still the same arguments that always come to my mind. Billion dollar company, you have 
thousands of resources at your fingertips. You have a full writer's room of overqualified people. How the hell do you come to someone and say, we've got nothing for, we don't have good ideas for you. We don't, we don't know what to do. How is it that you can't put Bailey on WrestleMania? Give her something interesting to do. Oh, we put Bailey on the show. Fuck you. You didn't, you, you shoehorned her in. That's different. I, 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 I can't, I have less and less compassion for the, we put on seven hours of live content a week. Uh, give us a break. I have less and less sympathy for that. Because I don't, I don't think it's it's a credible argument anymore. Not with the amount of money that company's making. Not with the money that they're being paid to put the content to, to create the content. Not with the staff that they have at their at their fingertips. couple of super chats before we wrap up here <laughs> evan right left us another super chat earlier thank you very much says wanted to give darby some love he rules yeah the you know sometimes there's i can't talk about everything i'm starting to think if i should shouldn't just make a, a show about dynamite because week in week out it's it's really the most interesting weekly uh wrestling show wanted to give darby some love he rules and he does that main event was fantastic he does god he doesn't care about his body He's fantastic. He did such great stuff again last night. Love Darby Allen. Evan Wright left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Again, says iconic split was career sabotage by management. Yeah, well, it certainly looks that way. And by God, if Billy Kay didn't swim upstream on that one, uh, God bless her. And Peyton Royce with that that interview on what was it, Raw Talk or Talking Smack? I don't remember which one. And it must have been Raw Talk. That one, you know what promo we're talking about. Anakin JMT left us a super chat again. Thank you very much, Anakin. He said, don't give a damn about bad reputation, WWE docs. Oh, and that just sort of, yeah. Freeing up money for Ronda, maybe. No, Ronda's still, she's still under, con I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Ronda's contract status doesn't, doesn't matter. And one final super chat from Evan Wright. Thank you very much. He says, Tucker, Bear Country Trio, please, and thank you. That'd be really nifty, actually. I'd be he'd fit in great. Big athletic guy. That'd be amazing. Hey, we got JPQ who popped in at the last minute here. SB4200, good to see you too. And this will be our outro today. Kristen Ashley, first lady of the Mr. Warren Hayes. Show. There you go. That's how that's how we wrap things up tonight. Thank you everyone for joining us tonight. I really appreciate it. Uh I yeah, there was a lot to talk about tonight. Thank you for staying nearly two hours tonight. Uh sincerely humbled. Thank you all. Uh remember Saturday? Saturday, 1 p.m. I live watch. Goldberg at 54 if you want to come watch it along with me of course I'm not going to be broadcasting it no copyright content but if you want to watch it with me it's going to be a good time it'll be a time anyway I'll tell you that much uh there we go so hey thank you all so very much for joining me this evening folks have a great rest of your night see you next time